Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Hello everyone, it's Mike Cleveland again with my wife Jody. We're talking about the differences between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant and how that applies to us in our lives today. Welcome Jody. glad to do another podcast with you. Oh, thank you so much. I love talking about Christ and His New Covenant. Right? It changes our lives. We're, we're so different, you and I, right? uh, having come under the, the New Covenant as opposed to the Old Covenant, the Old stone covenant that's the ministry of death and condemnation. Uh, We talked last time about our high priest sat down at the right hand of the father, uh, and we compared that with the priests, the high priest in the old covenant once a year. He would go in and minister the blood, putting it on the mercy seat, but he would never sit down. It was a seat that was never sat on. Right. Uh, But our high priest, having finished, he declared on the cross, it is finished. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And now we come to verse 2. The high priest finished his work. And what does verse 2 say, Jody? Hebrews 8, verse 2. Hebrews 8, 2. Um, And, okay, so um, I'm just going to start in verse 1 so we have a complete sentence. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by mere human being. Wait a minute. I thought it just said he sat down and his work was finished, and now we see him serving? Right. But um, there is a service that uh, can flow from a seated position. That's beautiful. Because what he's doing is he's ministering the cross that he died on by interceding for us. So this work of intercession is ongoing. And it's interesting, Jody, that you said it in in a way I've never heard you say before, which is that he's serving from a seated position. Mm. Now let's flesh that out a bit. Let's discover what is meant by that and what things can you think of as you think about serving from a seated position. Well, Christ had finished his work on the cross, right? So there was no work, more work, no more atonement that needed to be done, no more cleansing that needed to be done, no more justification. It, all his work that the Father sent him to do, he did. So now he's seated, and now he's just interceding based on the work that he has already done. There's no need to get back up and work some more. Uh a lot of people believe, oh, well, you know, I, when I came to faith in Christ, right, I, I got saved, that all my sin was wiped out, and, and now I have a clean slate, and, but if I sin again, then, right, I, now I've got to kind of, either, either they believe they've got to work really, do a lot of good works to make up for that sin that they did, so God will be pleased with them again, or they believe okay, well, I got to be sure to confess all my sins so that God will forgive all my sins. 
But that's just wrong thinking. It's wrong thinking because forgiveness, the very definition of it, means the payment of a debt. Yes. So while we do acknowledge our sin, if we sin, which I will do today, I'm sure in some way, I don't have any plans to do it, but you know, we live in a fallen uh, world and then we have flesh. And so yeah. I still will be cut to my heart as I see Jesus suffering mm-hmm. in my place. I see him with a crown of thorns. I see him with nails in his hands and feet for this sin that I committed today. Mm -hmm. That hurts that I did that to him. But I've been forgiven, and this is where the healing comes because I no longer have to come and say, Jesus, would you please forgive me for that sin? Instead, what I say is, thank you for finishing the work of my salvation Thank you for sitting down at the right hand of the Father, having purchased my forgiveness and having erased the debt that I owe. Mm. And what that means is simple. I'm not going to ask him again, Jesus, would you please come down from heaven, take another body, find another cross, be crucified in my place again in order to pay the debt that I just incurred from this sin. And this is something, Jody, that the the church needs to understand and grasp that when Jesus died on the cross, it was 2,000 years ago, and every one of my sins was future. Right. So Jesus now ministers from a seated position, meaning that he applies the message of the gospel. He shows his blood to the Father. He intercedes on our behalf. He sits and he serves. Now, let's apply this very teaching to relationships that we live by, uh, that we live with, I should say, husband and wives or employers and employees. And and how can we apply this teaching to our daily interactions with each other? What are your thoughts on that? Right. Well, um, one of the the things that comes to mind when I think about seating, being seated and serving is Mary and Martha. Because mm. Martha, right, busy, busy, busy. And she goes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, make my sister get up and help me. And Jesus explains to her, hey, Mary's chosen the better part. Where was Mary? Seated mm. at the feet of Jesus, right? So she was receiving from Jesus and Martha's scurrying around. Now, here's the thing. The stuff that Martha was doing was good and right and necessary, right? She was feeding people. She was preparing. She was serving people. Hospitality, this was what Martha was on about, right? Mm -hmm. And and so we know that based on later interactions, we know that Martha loved Jesus because she was loved by Jesus. Jesus said Martha, um, when he interacted with her later, it was Martha whom he loved, right? Yes. So there was this... It wasn't that he was upset with Martha and disappointed with Martha. Right. He was just instructing Martha. All right. So there is a way then that we can serve one another from a seated position, receiving from Jesus what we need for our hearts, that that energy, that that uh, love and, and approval that we receive from Jesus that in, enables or compels us to serve one another in a um, abundant way, in a I'm not keeping score kind of way, in a um, uh, generous 
happy to serve kind of way. So now there's a, a service that we can uh, do because we've received from Jesus. Our hearts are fulfilled. They're, they're um, full of love because Christ has poured it out. His spirit has poured the love of Jesus into our hearts. So there's this love, this way that we can serve each other um, without any expectation that we're going to get something out of it. Yes. Right? That's so beautiful. And I, I just want to contrast that for a minute with serving from a standing position, meaning exhausting myself. Yes. I'm working hard. I'm white knuckling. I am constantly trying to work things out so that my service is good, right? That I'm approved. No, I'm already approved. I saw that when Jesus died on the cross, he was in a sense disapproved in my place so that I might be fully accepted, fully approved. The words the Father spoke over his Son when he was baptized are now applying to every believer, to me. This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus took everything in me that was not well-pleasing to the Father away from me. And now God sees you and I, sees every believer as having full approval. And now, Jody, we minister, we serve, we live, not from a white-knuckling, standing, working, all of that position. We serve each other. We serve our families. We serve the body of Christ seated. Mm-hmm. And your analogy is perfect. When you are seated, you're receiving. You are. Right? And you're simply then becoming a conduit of passing on to other people what is being put into you. Right. Uh, the Thessalonians, in First Thessalonians chapter 1, it says, they received, they received the gospel message with great conviction, uh, f- with the Holy Spirit. And then later it says that that message rang out from them to all across Asia or somewhere. I can't remember. (laughs) But the point is they were a conduit, right? Mm -hmm. They were uh, giving out the message having received it. And this is how the new covenant changes the way that we interact together, the way that we serve each other, Mm -hmm. the way that we minister to the body of Christ. We're seated. You and I right now, we're sitting physically, but we're sitting spiritually in Christ. uh, Colossians Mm 3.1 says that we were raised with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. You and I are seated in heavenly places, even as we go about the work of the ministry. Not to say that we don't get tired. Oh, sure. Everybody in ministry gets tired. We have frail bodies. We need rest. Yes. Yeah. But we are receiving. We're in this seated position of Mary so that we can serve and minister with great joy, with love overflowing, with the cross of Christ burning in our hearts, with the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit in us. Right. It's so different. It really is. And you can tell... And the way that, I guess just to say it this way, the way that we can tell if we're uh, serving from a seated position versus serving from a works-oriented position is that when you serve from a works-oriented position, you get exasperated with people. 
you get yeah. frustrated, you you get you go to God and and we hope you go to God and complain and not to the people. But mm. um, I've actually heard pastors fuss at people from the pulpit. You know, um, we heard a pastor once say, look, this is a big church. We should never need nursery workers. We should never need Sunday school teachers. What, you know, he was basically saying, what's wrong with you? You know, and I was so like, wow. And you know why they didn't have nursery workers and why they didn't have servers? Because he was putting the law down on them and turning them inward and self-focused and, oh, yes, I'm not measuring up and I'm falling short. And so do you serve when you feel like, oh, I can't do anything right? Right. No, you don't want to. Yeah. You want to, you want to retreat. So, so when you're serving from a seated position, you are joyful, you um, empower people. You give them what they need, gospel, uh, um, love, and right? grace, yes, and peace and acceptance. Yes, you gospel put encouragement into them that which makes then them want to. empowers them, right? Yes. Makes them want to serve. And so this is the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. It's totally different. It is, and it affects our lives in huge ways. And I hope our listeners will continue on with us as we continue delineating the difference between the old covenant, which said, be perfect, live right, measure up, or you will die. And the new covenant, which says, you couldn't measure up, you couldn't live perfect, so I did it for you. Mm -hmm. I did it in your place. I did it as if I were you. I mean, look at me. I had flesh. I had blood, I had a body, mm-hmm. and I came to live in your place. I came to pour out my love for you. I came to suffer and die on a cross and to give you the Holy Spirit now who lives in you, who lives your life, who lives through you. Yes. It's not I who live, but Christ in me. in me. And this is the difference, Jody, between the old and the new. Uh-huh. And we will continue on uh, studying the difference here in Hebrews chapter 8. We've only looked at two verses, but how jam-packed full were they and how practical they are, right? They are. They are. And so I will talk with you again in our next broadcast of the difference between the Old and the New Covenant. I can't wait. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.